again being from a digital kind of background i knew that you know working from home is not really a problem right. um in tech we used to do that a lot mm. in general so i think those processes and putting all those processes in place and all that that was that came fairly easy and hence we could even follow strong processes to ensure that um productivity doesn't go down mm-hmm. um in fact there was actually an increase in productivity for everyone when they were working from home this um, is unbelievable because everybody yeah, yeah. is I struggling mean, to get the get the productivity high and you kind of managed that shows great leadership here right away there welcome to absolutely right the very first graphology or handwriting analysis based podcast show in india my name is aditi surana i am a graphologist a high performance coach and an anti anxiety expert on a wednesday episode we invite people who are high performers in their own right and try to understand their personality decoded with this powerful tool of handwriting analysis also i ask them questions about their life journeys their stories their choices now through all of this we get to understand some powerful things that they implement and things that we can use in our own lives to claim the best version of ourselves without further ado let me introduce you to our guest today mr rohit chadda who is considered as one of the top 10 tech business professionals in the country he is on fortune's 40 40 list already created two tech based startup businesses and currently heading z groups digital business as a ceo one of the most talked about milestones that rohit had was within 2 years especially during the lockdown he took his business from 75 million users to 300 million users especially during this adversity i have asked him many questions about his leadership style how he managed to do that and then he talks about how you can reinvent yourself in his style by giving us three ways of doing it i cannot wait to begin the conversation with rohit let's get started welcome to absolutely right have you ever heard of graphology or handwriting analysis before this I haven't actually um, until your team reached out I had no idea what graphology is so it'll be great if you can you know tell me something about it I mean from the words it seems like it's um, handwriting analysis but it is. I'd be keen to know more So we actually I have asked you to send your sample and I have your sample on a blank sheet of paper which is an unruled paper and when you write on an unruled paper it actually gives you freedom to write anywhere because you know those lines kind of guide our minds to write the next word when you don't have that guideline what you do actually reveals major part of your thinking your decision making how you go about your life and so much more that we will reveal in today's conversation but before we get there and i start talking about handwriting uh why digital as a space why did you choose to to choose you know this particular area of work um why digital as a space is a is a fairly difficult question actually uh, that's all um, I thought I knew. Okay. So um I I'm an engineer by background. I was a computer engineer first. Um I did software engineering. I was a developer and then I did my MBA and I started doing investment banking. Um I was in in London um uh, banker. Um and then I I wanted to do something on my own and I wanted that I wanted to do that in India. I knew that I wanted to do that in India. So I took an internal transfer move back to India. Okay. Um now um I was actually quite interested in the media but I was an investment banker and it seems like I didn't know too much right mm. um because all we know is our markets right, right. so um so I basically figured that okay media breakthrough is not happening so let's let's do what I can 
right mm-hmm. and being uh, being from a tech background and i think one thing uh, problem solving is maybe part of my dna mm-hmm. um i've been doing that ever since i mean even if it was not my job description i was still doing that even as a banker i was interacting with the you know with the tech team of the of the bank um, trying to figure out solutions trying to create small products that could help my team that could help my clients um uh, do things easier faster um so this was like a natural place to to start out uh, my entrepreneurial journey so you know how they say uh, luck is where the opportunity meets the prepared mind and all of that now when you started this online payment uh, your startup eventually demonetization happened and now that you're into this digital space we had lockdown so how is this like is it is it like you look at how do you look at the adversity it is something which is you know when i was reading about you i'm like that's so interesting you start something and you're already ready and then you have this situation which kind of propels everything forward and then you are again in a huge digital space and you are in the lockdown where everybody is going digital i i i mean i can't complain <laughs> i think um, i think god been kind um that i have been doing the right thing at the right time yeah i think that's Seems. that's that's what has been the case so do you uh, do extra prayers for this how are you man <laughs> <laughs> ironically not um and uh, i know my <laughs> my family is not very happy about it but oh. i don't uh, <laughs> i don't pray for things i do thank um i do thank god uh, whenever i can um i believe that whatever i've gotten till date i never expected mm-hmm. um i think i've gotten way more than i ever expected when i was a kid uh, we had a hard tough childhood um come from a hum- humble background so um i i think whatever i've gotten is is actually way more than than i was hoping for that's um, very so i i tend to, to say that yeah i just tend to uh, thank god in my prayers rather than asking for something and i think it's working yeah it's it's an anecdote behind that you know okay. so i used to play table tennis okay mm-hmm. um i i still want to can't but but i i'm a, i'm a fairly good table tennis player. okay um, so if, during the school times uh, i was in the school team um and uh, we used to go for tournaments to various mm-hmm. other venues you know there's a talka store talka stadium in delhi okay um, so the school bus would take us for whenever there was a inter school tournament and we would always cross this um, this gurudwara moti bag gurudwara yeah okay and um, as a child you know you taught to pray and you taught to you know request god for what you want um, so every time that we would cross that gurudwara um, i would pray to god to make me win okay. okay and i would always lose so i did this a few times and i was like any time that i pray to god that make me win i always lose so i thought now bas ho gaya i am not going to ask god to make me win so next time onwards then i just started thanking god in my prayers i said it's okay jo bhi hoga dekha jayega that's fine okay. Uh, okay. so thank you for everything yeah um, and that's when things changed <laughs> you started winning so i started winning <laughs> okay. that was a, that was a way of teaching you that big lesson that you should thank yeah, instead yeah. of asking i don't know i don't know if it's related or if it's not i don't know if it's linked or it's not but i kind of uh, it was a big lesson for me as a child um that you know just just thank god for what you uh, for what you've got and let things happen just try and uh, do whatever best that you can and don't think about the result 
um so i think this is a life lesson that i got pretty early on so we're going to attempt and analyze that that so called you know being humble and being lucky and being hard working and all that put together to figure out what exactly makes you the successful and why people call you this revolutionary story especially now with 300 million plus uh, viewers that you have which is amazing congratulations on that one thank you thank you and especially just tell us more about this you know during the lockdown when everybody was struggling and i was other day had a meeting with some other channel people and they were saying how tough it is for the sales people to work during the lockdown and everybody is struggling to work from home how did you manage to go in the same period you know this aggressive so it was very very tough i mean um, they, everybody who's saying that is absolutely correct it was a very very difficult time for us for the for the entire industry for the for all for everyone i think mm-hmm. uh, it was a it was a personal as well as a professional challenge this is the first time that everybody is working from home this right. hadn't happened before i mean right before the lockdown we actually had all the infra in place everybody was there and that was one good thing mm-hmm. but uh, coming back to the point i mean it it, it was actually very very tough yeah. um, and total um, i think it was a complete team effort um, um i can't appreciate my team enough for the kind of hard work that they put in um the kind of long hours that they put in sure. there were cases where you know half the team was struggling um, either them or their family was down with covid and then mm-hmm. obviously they couldn't work um and then the others would step up and take their place and you know uh, work extra hard um, and work extra hours to kind of um, you know cover up for for the right. lack of the manpower that that we had so it was it was um, it was tremendous um, and and yeah so i think um, being uh, again being from a digital kind of background i knew that you know working from home is not really a problem right. um in tech we used to do that a lot mm-hmm. in general so i think those processes and putting all those processes in place and all that that was that came fairly easy um and hence we could we could follow strong processes to ensure that um productivity doesn't go down mm-hmm. um in fact there was actually an increase in productivity for everyone when they were working from home this um, is unbelievable because everybody yeah, yeah. is I mean, struggling to get the get the productivity high and you kind of manage that shows great leadership here right away yeah yeah i think the team was the i think the team was motivated we were in the right direction um we were uh, we were moving up in our uh, numbers. our numbers um very aggressively even before the lockdown um our um, our rank was improving in terms of overall digital media groups in the country so i think uh, all of that uh, helped the team to to stay motivated um and thanks to the to the motivation the readiness that we uh, the tech or digital readiness that we had that you know uh, but more importantly it's the commitment of the team that that they did this this tremendous job um hats off to the team actually so i was looking at your writing and you know uh, we speak so much about leaders and visionary attitude and all of that and i was looking for a stroke in your writing that can explain that so when we look at your letter f it only has the top loop it does not have any bottom loop it looks like an yeah. umbrella upside down and that particular formation talks about a mind that is a strategist mind somebody who has a foresight somebody who can look at things so if you have to plan things in a detailed manner that's not necessarily your strongest suit but if somebody creates a plan and if you look at this whether this plan is applicable for the strategy or the long term goal that we want to go through then you can mm-hmm. find exactly where it is wrong 
and that is the gift or that is also the learned behavior that you have worked very hard on to see where exactly the plan can go off every time when people come up with ideas and they uh, become extremely detailed you know in the moment you look through where they're going you look through their details and in the moment challenge that they have and you constantly keep seeing where the future of this idea is where the future of this project is and this is where you find your gaps which most people feel you know mostly mesmerized by they're like how did you know this or how could you think of this question but this attitude mm-hmm. or this ability to do that decoding and projecting an idea on the future situation and seeing where the gap is is where i believe you thrive as a leader yeah larger picture and uh, and long term vision yeah and also being able to project and see the gap mm. see the gap yeah i think uh, yeah, i mean sounds like me <laughs> sounds <laughs> like me yeah okay it's basically asking the right questions i think um, that's that what helps a lot yeah i think uh, definitely yeah. at the same time being able to observe very carefully you know i see this one thing very common in leaders and mostly people think leaders are very busy and they won't have time to listen to other people but most of the people we have interviewed and especially in last 7 8 episodes this is a recurring theme i don't know how it is happening but they are great listeners they actually pay attention to every small detail and not what words people you know say they actually look at things people do not say and observe the gaps and you keep get getting your information through people through the conversations that you have through your acute observation and i think that is one thing that we must give it to you because you might be rushing you might be between three things but your observational mind kind of captures information throughout and i'm saying that very specifically because when you write your letter e it has a very well formed loop in the e mm. and that loop talks about the keen observation great listening ability and seeing the gap more than anything else so if people lie to you you catch their lie but you do not confront them you see that they are giving you an excuse they're telling you a thing that is not true you hear it you patiently you know you let them do whatever you know preparation that they have done to come up with that story you let them play that that part you don't confront them but you do observe the gap keep that in your mind and next time function or operate accordingly yeah that's that's actually very true um i feel that uh, it it doesn't help i mean if you confront somebody and you tell him that he you no know, you're lying or you didn't do this or something like that i think what what needs to be uh, ensured is that that person realizes that that the uh, that what he whatever he's saying i mean i i get what he's saying so yeah. i think that's the that's the idea uh, it's not to make somebody feel small right. um or make them uh, you know show them that you know that i can see through it and what not because at the end of the day i mean if they feel demotivated and if they feel um i mean they feel un- start feeling uncomfortable oh. with me then they won't uh, then they won't share in future um so i think to create that um, trust to create that atmosphere of trust and um it it's important that they understand that okay um i could see through it Mm-hmm. but i i still trust them to to do what they are doing or what they're supposed to do um so yeah i think uh, great observation uh, completely me completely now me. i want to ask you a question you know so many times when you have to make tough decisions and i'm asking this especially to you because you know with the level of empathy that you just spoke about and level of empathy you function from and i'll come to that point when you connect with with people and when you're functioning with them 
what are your ways of dealing with a tough decision you know you have to fire somebody you have to do something against their will what mm-hmm. is there any way you approach it? is it really possible for today's business leaders and managers to use empathy in everyday life now whether we like it or not especially during this whole lockdown and work from home situation where our human connections are becoming more and more rare we require to understand these so called learned behavior like empathy to make our communication and connection even deeper now if i have to break it down and give you simple ways of looking at it empathy is actually understanding other person's situation from their perspective like if you're talking to a 5 year old child you break the situation the big complex concept of how the economy works in the way they can understand by telling oh if you have a toy and if your friend has a toy and if you have to exchange it what would you do now you are not dumbing down the concept you're just making it more relatable by putting it in their perspective empathy is exactly the same done with emotional experiences of people opera winfrey breaks it in a simple terms and she says every single person has this need to be heard to be seen and to be understood and empathy is honoring that need Carl Rogers who has done great work in this field talks about empathy as understanding a concept from other person's internal frame of reference and that internal frame of reference is where we use graphology a lot if i have to talk about it in a graphological terms then i would say for an introvert the internal frame of reference is about not communicating with other people much unless and until it is needed whereas for an extrovert the same thing the same behavior is more natural to connect with others now if you apply the same rule to both these people then it won't work but if you understand that person's internal frame of reference how they think who they are then the same concept can be broken down as per their perspective and that's why we keep using personality as a reference point to understand how we can create tools and methods that would make a concept easier simpler for that particular person I do consider Rohit is an empathetic leader. Let's hear some examples where he puts it into his everyday business situation how he implements empathy. Well so uh, I remember the first time that I had to fire somebody. Uh, um it was very very difficult. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, it was the for lack of a better example it was that it was a breakup conversation you know. <laughs> where you where I eventually ended up telling her it's not you it's me <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, i i had that kind of a conversation so that at least that person doesn't feel bad about themselves sure. right um, because you don't want to damage them in the in the process yeah so i i don't want to do that so hence uh, that was the kind of conversation that i had um and it's been a it's it, i mean it's been a great i mean it's been great learning um since then so at least i think um when when a decision needs to be taken it needs to be taken um right. while working in a startup you realize that um you're always um, each and every penny is important right. um so anything that you're spending uh, has to go the right place go to the right place so so uh, i always keep saying that that um if you want to do something right uh, if you want to build a business um it's it's not only about hiring the right talent it's actually more about firing the wrong talent um and it's not that you're firing them because they're not good but they may not be suited to the role or the requirement of the role um maybe their skill set or maybe uh, maybe their functional skills or their soft skills anything you know so it, it has to be a match right, right? 
and if it's not a match um then you are uh, it's better for both them as well as the business that they they part ways um, they break up yeah that they break up yeah <laughs> because uh, the business is going to do better with them not being around and with a mm-hmm. more suitable person and they are going to do better as well sure in their own professional and personal journey as well so um, uh, while i have a, i have a lot of empathy uh, for for people i i try to get them and and try to do you know tap into my network figure how i can you know help them otherwise um so that uh, so that you know they if, even if they have to leave they they have a better opportunity they have another opportunity um so that that's that but i think um so i i, I take the hard call mm-hmm. um but i think there's one more thing that i uh, that i do um that if somebody does x um i don't uh, limit them uh, or limit my thought process that that is what they are and that is what they do can you um, explain this as a great concept for example um i would always try to fit the person in the right role um i've i've done that a couple of times that i can point out in the past there was a guy who came for a for a call center interview hmm. um for food panda this guy came in for a call center interview for a chat executive hmm. um a very timid guy um wouldn't speak much so hence obviously chat and not really voice um so i talked to him um and he was fine for for the role and then i talked to him a little bit more uh and i figured that he look this guy is actually uh while yeah good i mean he can be a chat executive he'll do well at at that um but i figured that he had an interest in digital marketing um and i told him hey why don't you why don't you join the digital marketing team okay do you want to, and he was he was super excited he wanted to learn and and i could feel that you know mm-hmm. that he has this interest and he has the bent and he uh and he learned mm-hmm. um so that's what i did um so he was super excited um that came in for a call center job but actually started out doing digital marketing mm-hmm. today he's today he's with a unicorn um wow uh with a unicorn startup um doing digital marketing for them um so yeah um i think i i mean so my first response never to fire someone my first response is to basically identify what somebody is going to be good at um and irrespective what of what else they can do here yeah so what what i think i try to bring out the true potential of mm-hmm. the person i try to i think um like i was saying so fitment between the person and the organization is very very important Right. um and that's what i try to do for each and every individual in the team um i think that's when you know you can uh, take out the maximum from the individual as well as the organization benefits the most as well so what you're so, saying that your team was completely inspired during the lockdown to work is because of this environment that you have worked on before much before the lockdown i believe uh i think so yeah i think so um i think that's that's got a lot to do with it because the guys were self motivated the the entire team was was motivated and we uh we made sure that um in fact we started a rewards and recognition program that was started during the lockdown um we um i was i mean we we used to do these uh, these town halls very regularly which were, which were not happening earlier right. basically we were staying in touch i think but what one thing that was very important during the lockdown is that um is connection 
you know you being being connected to uh, to everyone right so you're saying um, beyond zoom calls being connected with people yeah being connected with people because um, you know it's very easy when you're when you're in a physical office environment you know you're just walking out and you're saying hi to everyone you mm-hmm. you stand there have a cup of tea have a cup of coffee with them chit chat and then you're connecting on a on a personal front as well right. uh, that's not going to uh, that's not going to happen in this uh, in a lockdown scenario right. so hence it becomes extremely important that you're just not uh, limiting yourself to you know meetings uh, mm-hmm. just to your zoom meetings um, or your microsoft teams meetings right. but actually going way beyond that and connecting with the people uh, and ensuring that they are comfortable and doing everything that they need now, uh, both from a personal a very, and professional front i'm going to pinpoint a very small thing in your writing which leads to actually connecting with emotions of other people i can't say easily but it gives you that bend of mind and some people work on it some people do not now when you uh, if you look at it carefully if you when you connect your letter n can you see between the n there is a u formation and you write mm-hmm. any and yes. word you'd find there's a u formation inside the letter n so the vertical line becomes mm-hmm. softer at the bottom and then becomes pointed again now that mm-hmm. bottom softness gives you an emotional understanding of other people's behaviors where they come from and this definitely means you are very active and sensitive about your own emotions which mm-hmm. most people won't see you because you talk about numbers you talk about strategy so they they do see you as a person who is very focused and committed to the final result but the actual skill behind the way you function as a leader comes from your emotional connect with yourself with people around you and obviously your team and anyone else for that matter even if you understand your customer when you understand people in generally a trend in the market you look at it from human perspective you look at it from an emotional perspective which is a rare thing and most of the time people miss on that aspect and they use data and they use everything but to understand people um i think bang on um bang on because um i think being a I mean, being in the digital space, it's it's all about. Uh, it eventually boils down to always product right. uh, and product experience, and you can only build the best product experience when when you're thinking from a customer's perspective. Right. So there are two aspects that you talked about. One is obviously connecting with your team um, and with the people. Right. So from that perspective, I'm, I I believe, and I at least I try to be. Um, I don't know whether I whether I achieve that or not. That only my team can help. Sure. Um, but I try to be a people's person. Right. Um, I try to connect to them. I try to uh, try to understand where they're coming from, uh, where they're justified or they're not, um, or and how I can help them whenever that I can, right. both personally as well as professionally. Um, but yeah, very rightly said. Um, I always put the customer first. I I think I can detach my own opinion. Um, so there's a difference. So if I were to look at a product, um, I could really like it uh, from my perspective. Hmm. that uh, that me as a user yes i really like it right. but i think uh, one thing that i can do well is to differentiate between my opinion and what a general user would or can think so stepping into his shoes and stepping into his other. shoes absolutely hmm. stepping into his shoes and then figuring out whether this actually makes sense 
So I think I'm that's... I'm going to pause you. Sorry to interrupt you. But when I talk about listening and empathy in our you know, classes, which are around graphology and coaching, I talk about the same wording that you just said, that look at the problem from the other person's perspective and not your own. So please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's the most important thing when you're uh, when you're building a product or when you're kind of conceptualizing a product or building product experience, um, because you uh, tend to forget that you know that you are already uh, you know you have a set of piece of information you know about it, and this is actually true for my marketing team as well. I I had to tell them this a lot as well, and I keep trying to uh, reinforce them to them as well that um, let's say if it's even if it's india.com right um india.com was at 7 million last year now we, we are almost touching 100 million users wow. um when we were doing a marketing campaign for india.com um i had to explain to them that hey look you know you are right now this campaign or the communication is basically is fine for somebody who knows india.com because then you're building the value proposition but mm-hmm. think about the users who don't know india.com mm-hmm. i mean if i have a, if i'm a user and i don't I haven't visited or I don't know about here.com. Does this communication actually make sense to me? So, um, so I think that's, uh, that's very rightly pointed out that um, from a user experience perspective, from a UX perspective, from a communications perspective, it becomes extremely important that you uh, step out of your shoes and step into, you know, a general user shoes and kind of create those um, user personas and think from each persona perspective that, okay, if this is the, the user that you're targeting, then what do you need to do for that user? And if this is the user that you're targeting, then what do you need to do for that user? So yeah, I think um, very rightly pointed out from both aspects. Um, at least uh, from a team perspective, I, I, I really try to <laughs> I try to connect with them. This happened once with me that um, one of my direct reporters, okay, uh, they told me that but you know that this person or this uh, this individual and some of the team members are really scared of, um, which was uh, which is really surprising to me, honestly. Because I try I try to be very uh, very approachable uh, because I think that um, if anybody has a problem, I mean, and if it's a large organization, right? I mean, leading right. A, a large organization, you you can only find out the real issues at the grassroots level when the entire team is comfortable talking to you because you know as things percolate upwards um, there's a loss of information so i've uh, i tend to believe that i like i said you know i tend to believe (laughs) that i connect with the with the team but uh, this was quite surprising i mean so any uh, inputs or any suggestions on that front would be great Okay, three things to begin with. Uh, first, some people are intimidated no matter what you do because of their idea of themselves. So they are not intimidated because you're doing something special or you are really you know, being arrogant, none of that. Because they place themselves in, in, in their own mind at a low level or they doubt themselves, they feel intimidated. For those people, we cannot do much because this is their projection on the world. And then by that logic, they think other people are, you know, superior or arrogant or whatever, the way they look at it. Two points to look at from your perspective. First is, let's look at the handwriting. When you write your letter P, there is a huge antenna in some P formation, P for Paris. Mm. Now that is that extension on the top of your letter P. 
talks about argumentative behavior so till the time you do not get into the argument you are all polite and you are like you know you know following all the norms that you have in mind but when you know that this person is not understanding or if you come down to the point where you know your argument is true or correct and you're wasting time because someone is being stubborn or not getting your perspective when you get into the zone which also happens unnaturally all of us have these you know things that we fall into if you fall into that pit of being argumentative you're very sharp you're very accurate and you're very aggressive in that moment and if somebody has seen you in that light or in that action in that moment then definitely they would be intimidated because they would feel that they won't be able to sustain that behavior or that side of you my wife would think- so agree <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to make sure that she watches this video for sure <laughs> yeah yeah she would so agree with this <laughs> so you speak about the three v's a lot for people who are in your space or understanding media in general do you want to talk about it yeah i mean so uh, so it's been interesting the journey of uh, digital over the past 20 years mm-hmm. um in india has been interesting i mean if you look at it the first 10 years first decade mm-hmm. was basically about content right. because initially between 2000 and 2010 mm-hmm. uh, the internet bubble Mm-hmm. on the internet boom um all that you got online was content right you could just read stuff you know there was just information right so it is only information um 2010 to 2020 um i'm making that a decade yeah um became about commerce mm-hmm. uh where um, digital payments started coming in transactions started happening on right. it was actually commerce happening mm-hmm. uh, online retail was started booming in various industries so that's that's what started happening and uh, and now the next uh, now it's the era of content again um so you see um you see the growth of ott you see the growth of video um thanks to jio um everybody you know they everybody has 4g um data costs are negligible um when you compare it to this is outside of india i mean Uh, when i was distributing uh, z5 outside of india you know we were doing deals with um south in southeast asia south asia um and the likes um everybody the first thing that they would tell me was hey look don't compare um uh, you know india your market, market yeah. to our market jio yeah. um, has really changed the perception of data costs in india right. um otherwise we can't match uh, it we can't match that so they would charge for content and they would charge for data whereas mm-hmm. in india what we believe and what customer kind of now thinks is that hey look uh, i pay for data content is free right, right? that's the mm-hmm. that's the perception that that they have so essentially yeah so i think um, thanks to that um, as well that this this next uh, era of the of digital is basically about content mm-hmm. and in content um it's about the three v's hmm. that is the uh, video vernacular and voice um so we videos obvious that i just talked about that since bandwidth is so so good and data cost is so low so now you you're basically uh, watching videos all the time right. what you used to read earlier you're now basically watching right. and same has been the case in, in case of ott and the growth that we've seen in the ott space vernacular um i say vernacular because um we've seen that english as a language um or english audience as in terms of internet penetration that's kind of plateaued mm. 
the next phase of growth uh, of smartphones of internet in india is all coming from regional and vernacular markets mm. so very soon hindi uh, hindi is going to be bigger than english in the country um if you look at other languages like uh, bengali marathi they've grown tremendously mm. um all south indian languages have become really good telugu tamil has become really really large strong. Uh, very strong gujarati we are doing really well um so um so that's where the that's where the growth is now coming from even when you look at the ott space mm. you'll see that um content is being created in these languages right. um when you look at e-commerce platforms um, like your amazons and the flipkarts of the world mm. you'll see they've also introduced vernacular languages in their apps uh, because this is where the next phase next billion user for india is basically coming from True. is from vernacular fy19 we were around we did around 200 million video views okay uh, fy21 we did 2.5 billion video views um, so that's the kind of growth that video is on on we've seen on video so um, that's video and voice and uh, that's video and vernacular and and voice of course is the next uh, big thing that we are seeing that and hence i say that these are the three v's that we'll see the next phase of uh, growth from uh, from a digital content perspective wow so for our listeners before i ask you the the important question that we ask at the end of our interview i want to ask how did you manage to get friends on board everybody was expecting other platforms to get that deal and we were waiting and suddenly we see z5 you know has managed to do it yeah so i think we have a strong focus um, we have a strong focus on building um, z5 as one of the top platforms in the country and in the world now um, we launched z5 in 170 countries a um, couple of years back um, very recently we also launched it in uh, in the us um, so i mean this was an opportunity to buy i be i mean so it obviously friends as a show and friends as a um, the brand resonates a lot with uh, with the youth mm-hmm. and uh, and hence uh, it had to come on the five where else <laughs> where else <laughs> so when i was looking at your writing one aspect where you write your combination of letter t and h the letter h is always taller than the letter t that talks about your ability to learn in a way not get stuck in your ego hassles and reinvent yourself so if you have to teach our listeners three things that you keep in mind when it comes to reinventing yourself what would they be that's an interesting observation i never really realized that <laughs> <laughs> that i do that okay um i think um, very important um is uh, learning learning is the most important thing i think uh, that one needs to do um we tend to kind of sit back and think that we know um but learning and unlearning are actually one of the most important things so in fact if you look at uh, you know my all my previous assignments um interestingly you'll see that none of them were in the same industry right while while they're broadly you know uh, digital um and in the commerce e-commerce and digital space but um, the industry is different each time right. uh, just goes to show that how important learning is and if you're a good learner then it's not necessary that you need to have worked in the same industry because the principles remain the same mm. right um there are obviously nuances of each industry that you need to learn and hence being a quick learner is becomes very important what you 
what you've learned earlier that may or may not be relevant to um to your current um job slash your current responsibility um and hence it's important to unlearn that um so hence i said that you know learning and unlearning becomes extremely important um second is challenging status quo um and this is true for all spheres of life this is not only true for work this is for personal life as well. um <clears throat> if everybody is doing something a certain way that doesn't make that the right way to do it or the best way to do it okay um if that were the case then we would never have any innovation true so I, a lot of times you know um somebody would tell you yeah but that guy is also doing this mm. um and i've had fights with my wife about it <laughs> that just because other people are doing it a certain way does not make it right Mm. um or does not make it the best way so mm. hence challenging status quo becomes very important um that you ask yourself um and is there a better way to do the same thing mm. if i were to quote joey from one of his episodes in friends i would say there's got to be a better way <laughs> <laughs> in one of his commercials he, he had this dialogue <laughs> friends fanatics so sorry about that oh yeah. nice um now so, now we know why why is it like that okay <laughs> so yeah so there there's always be a better way, way. Yeah. Yeah, there's always a better way um and um, i think that's something that that you need to uh, need to always keep in mind um and that's where you figure out uh, a solution to an existing let's say problem mm-hmm. um or maybe you figure out that there is a problem you know a lot of times you may not even know that there is a problem and you that's how you come up uh, with your solutions or your ideas right. um and the third thing is uh, creativity um creativity is i mean as a concept um mm-hmm. it's it's misunderstood um people always think that you know if you can draw well or if you can artistic things are creative. artistic yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah so uh, there's artistic creativity um but there's a creativity which is related to different kind of thought process anything that you are trying to create i mean mm. that's that's where the word word etymology comes from right, right. it's it's from create creation um, yeah so anything anybody who's creating something can is actually creative right True. um and it need not be uh, original <laughs> i mean <laughs> this is going to be slightly uh, difficult for some to believe but it need not be 100% original you know sure. you could you could have your inspirations mm-hmm. you could you could always learn from many at, many leaders exactly. many teachers you, you could you learn from many many leaders but in, even from a startup perspective or from a business perspective you actually see what other people are doing you actually identify what they they could have done better and then you replicate that um in your own business mm-hmm. i mean in fact the entire learning process of an mba is basically to learn from other people's mistakes sure right sure. you you learn from case studies so you look at what people did what they did right what they did wrong and then you try to learn from that and see whether you can apply that to your your own business or your own life right so um i think creativity becomes extremely important um that you take inspiration from other people and then create mm-hmm. or you create something on your own um i always say that 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 you know uh to be successful or to build a successful startup um you need not always be the fast the first mover but you have to be 
the fastest first Definitely. follower and the best executioner right so um, in fact nothing that i've done actually till date i've been i've never been first mover um, people have been doing that before mm. um, but i think what what my team and me have been able to do um, is that we've been able to execute the thing better we've been able to learn from other people's mistakes um, and apply our own creativity to figure out a better solution to the problem and execute that solution well so i have i have a side question to what you just said so when you are going at that speed and you're learning so many things that you know you know from so many sources and implementing and executing the possibility to fail or fall is much higher and what would you keep in mind when it comes to failure this is a very very important thing you never fail um failure is nothing mm-hmm. um you don't succeed but that doesn't mean that it's failure okay that these are two very different things that is from from where i come from or my mm-hmm. thought process is that you never fail mm-hmm. you learn right either you succeed or you learn these are the two alternatives that i have at least in my uh, thought process in my dictionary in my head mm-hmm. that uh, that you never fail uh, so you i i mean you know about my successful ventures but there were other ventures that were not successful mm-hmm. but i learned from each one of them mm-hmm. and uh, i used those learnings to apply to Uh, the next something else to the other ventures that i did or to the other uh, jobs or responsibilities that i took over mm-hmm. um and those are the reasons why the other ones were successful mm-hmm. because i could learn from the previous ones so yeah i think failure is nothing you always end up learning something so it becomes extremely important you know people get bogged down thinking that i failed and all that jazz mm-hmm. um uh, some people say that you know you need to forget about your failure I don't think you need to forget yeah, about it. Like, uh, It's very, very important to remember what you did wrong, um, and to learn from those unsuccessful attempts, so that those learnings can be applied in the future uh, assignments, and you can make those more successful. So you can forgive the people who are involved in it, but never forget the lessons you had learned from absolutely. that particular failure. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. Thank you so much. This was really, really interesting, and so many different perspectives were discussed in one single conversation. So, thank you so much for being on our show, and I look forward to you know hearing from our listeners what they learned, what were their takeaways, and what was that one point that they would implement in their life. Please write to us. Please let us know what all is is your you know way of going about this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much Aditi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me on one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. If you have key takeaways from this episode as I said, please write to me on writ@aditisurana.com. I would love to hear what are you learning and implementing in your own life. If you want to learn the skill of graphology and use it for hiring, for making better relationship decisions and also understanding your child better, then you can know more about it on my website aditisurana.com. And if you want me to work as your high performance coach to take your performance to the next level or work with your organization around anxiety issues you can reach out on the same email id or check out our website i will see you on friday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing